0: Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God Podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soul. Today I want to talk with you about a subject that as Christians we all can relate to in some form or fashion, and that's the power of a personal testimony. When we think about our testimony, what, what, what do I mean by that? Well, really, it's the story of God in our lives, the story of what Christ has done for us. There are many examples we could look at throughout the scriptures of, of personal testimonies. But one that stands out to me above the rest is that of the Apostle Paul. In the book of Acts, we would read how he was blinded on the damascus road as he was going and he was breathing threats and violence against followers of jesus and he he hated he hated christians he was blinded by his own religious zeal and he stopped in his tracks along the way christ appears to him really knocks him off his high horse and he's blinded and he's Taken up to the city of Damascus, and after three days he receives his sight. But in this event, he's converted. He's no longer opposing Christ as though Jesus was some false teacher, false prophet. No, he submits himself to Jesus, and comes goes on to become one of the greatest, if not the greatest, missionary and evangelist this world has ever known. And throughout the Book of Acts, he would retell this account, or Luke would really tell this account as he's the author three different times. But I don't want to focus there. I want to focus on Paul's words as he would think on his testimony as he shares it to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3 verses 4 through 14. And we would read, picking up in verse 4, Paul writes, "...though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also." If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And what the Apostle Paul is doing here is he's describing his past life. He's giving his accolades the things that were meaningful, uh, as he's starting to share his testimony here. And every testimony, regardless of, of, of when it is, when you became a Christian, every testimony has a past life. Nobody is born a Christian. Everyone must come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so what Paul is sharing here is his past life. And he gives this list of accolades, all the things that in his kind of cultural realm would have caused him to be, you know, the poster child of Judaism, the things that would have made him look great, all the things he could have held hung his hat on, coming from the tribe of Benjamin. He says a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law a Pharisee. This means he he held to, he was a conservative. He held to a strict interpretation of the law. And he was one who strictly followed that. He said his zeal was so strong, he was a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. That's significant statement that Paul would say of his past life, he was morally upright in all that he did. Now, he's not saying he's perfect and he knew he wasn't perfect, but from an outward perspective, nobody could point the finger at him and say, oh, he's immoral in this way or that way. So he had this poster child of Judaism, and he says that this gives him reason for confidence in the flesh. His own self-righteousness from his past life would be exploding out of him. When you think about your testimony, maybe it's actually the complete opposite. I know mine is that I would say as to uh, righteousness under the law, completely ruined, and um, and and I personally had an immoral life before coming to Christ and being apprehended by him. The point is, when we think about a personal testimony, we all have a past life. But here comes the big shift. Paul moves on from there. The past life, just a few verses, all of these things that could give him reason to feel good about himself. And he moves from his past life to his present reality. In verse 7, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Here, Paul shows the the shift in his thinking and really the heartbeat, the heart cry of every Christian. One who has come to know Christ, one who has been apprehended by Jesus, one who has come and seen the sinfulness of their ways and their utter need for Jesus Christ can relate with the Apostle Paul here and say, whatever my past life brought me, whether that might be tons of financial success, whether that might be time in a prison cell, maybe that might be popularity and or, or maybe it was down in the in the gutter, with drugs, whatever it might be, what your past life brought you, Paul says, he counts it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, again, he says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is significant. In his mind, nothing else was even worthy of comparison to knowing Jesus. All of his accolades, all of his trophies that would sit on his mantle, all of his achievements that he would frame on his wall meant nothing. In fact, he says rubbish. He counts it as dung. But having Christ is far superior to anything else in his life. He in fact says that having this present reality, he had to give up his past life. He wasn't bringing the old Paul with him. No, that man died. That man was crucified with Christ. And the life that he now lives, that new man, that present reality is far greater. His desires have changed completely. And he recognizes that the righteousness that he is to live with does not come from within, as he said in his past life, but it actually comes from without. It comes through faith in Christ. It is a righteousness that, he has received, been imputed to him. The righteousness from God, who is the giver of this, that depends on faith. And so Paul's great pursuit now is knowing Christ, that he might even share in the sufferings of Christ, if need be, that he might be like him in any way possible. Or to be like Jesus, that becomes the present reality in Paul's personal testimony. But he doesn't end there. No, he would go on and talk about the future focus that he has. Verses 12, 13, and 14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is a wonderful line that Paul gives here, recognizing that he's not perfect, though he's striving to be more like Christ each day of his life. He knows that he's not going to achieve that here and now, but he's pressing on. He's continuing to move forward. So when we think about a testimony that has a past life, then our present reality of pursuing Christ leads to our future focus, that we're looking forward and outward and upward with the eyes of faith. This is a wonderful statement that he makes here, saying that forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Well, there's many principles we could take from this line. Oftentimes, I think we can get paralyzed with our past, whatever that past life might have looked like. And sins of the past seem to come back and haunt us. I'm reminded of what Alistair Begg says, that our past sins are not meant to haunt us, but they are there to humble us. They're not to paralyze us, but they're to drive us back to the cross. And we see this in Paul. He's saying, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting all of that past life Like I have amnesia compared to that. I've blacked it out because my mind is so future focused and I'm looking forward to what lies ahead, that prize, the upward call of God, ultimately that he would receive the victor's crown, the crown of life after he's fought the good fight of faith and he's finished his course, as he would tell Timothy. And so as a Christian and as in his testimony, as in ours, we are to have a future focus while we are living out this present reality, knowing that the past life is behind us. So Christian, I would encourage you to stop for a minute and just think about your story. Think about your past life, your present reality, and your future focused. Sometimes we can get so busy just going through uh, the mechanics of life and uh, the days and the weeks just seem to run by and you know, you look out and you're like, man, what? It's all, this month is already gone and, and life just seems to be on a roller coaster. It is good for us to stop, pause, and think, to think about our story. Think about God's story, because that's really what it is. As a Christian, you have a story, but it's really His story of saving you. After you stopped for a little while and maybe thought about your past, present, and future, I would encourage you to take the time to sit down and write out your testimony. You can type it, but I would encourage you go the old school way and get a pen and a piece of paper and find a quiet place in your house at a coffee shop, wherever it might be, and just take the time to write out under these three categories, your past life, your present reality, and your future focus. And in doing so, It'll cause you to reflect on the goodness of God. You get to think about where He's brought you and what He's been doing in your life as He continues to hold you fast and carry you forward. Because even as Paul would say at the beginning of his letter to the Philippians, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. I would also encourage you to not be afraid to share your testimony, share the testimony of Of God's work in your life. God saves individuals, but that saving work is not to remain private. Now, we're to go public with God's work in our lives. Think about 1 Peter 2, verse 9. We read, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And really, that's what sharing a testimony is. You're a chosen person belonging to God. You're royalty to God. You belong to a holy nation. You are a person that God, you are a a brand that God has plucked out of the fire. You are a trophy of God's grace on God's mantle so that you would proclaim, declare, share, the excellencies of him, that you would point people to Jesus Christ. Remember, the main character in your testimony isn't you, it's God. It's not so much a story of, I was so wicked and so depraved, and and, and you certainly were, but you're not the main character. I'm not the main character, even of my testimony. I'm the first supporting actor, but it's God's story. It's Jesus's story. And so, yes, while we are wicked and we're sinful, it's not just kind of tagline, but then God saved me. Now, the story goes something like this. I'm a great sinner, but I was rescued by a greater Savior. And in sharing your testimony, you point people to Jesus Christ, and this is pleasing to God. So I want to encourage you as you would stop and think about the work of God in your life, Maybe you pause and you think, I don't know if I really have a past life. Well, have you come to a point in your life where you've surrendered to Jesus Christ in faith and repentance, turned to Him, laying yourself before the mercy of God, seeking forgiveness of your sins and turning away from them? Others, maybe they grew up in the church and... They hear these testimonies of how bad someone was and then this miraculous thing occurred and they had this they had this really intense conversion experience and it tends to discourage them because while they've been obedient from a young age, I want to encourage you to not be discouraged by the stories that might get people on the speaking circuit and understand what I'm saying. I don't think any testimony is boring, but the way I would word it is... We love the boring testimonies. None of them are boring because it's the work of God, but the ones where you know, it doesn't have all the glitz and glamour and it's, I don't know when exactly I came to Christ, but I am trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. I don't have this really nasty string of sinful patterns in my life from a, a young age. That's great. When I think about my children, that's the story I want them to share that they would be spared from a life of sin and misery, and that from a young age, five, six, whatever it might be, that they were wholeheartedly devoting their lives to Jesus Christ and serving Him, and that the present reality of pursuing Jesus is ever increasing in them as they grow through their adolescent and teenage years, as they manifest that future focus. But I think it would also be wise to think about where your priorities are today, too. Sometimes we just need to reevaluate where we are because, as I said, of the busyness of life, sometimes our present reality gets a little skewed, and we need to recalibrate. I know outside of my house, I have a leaky spigot, or where the hose threads up, and if I'm not mindful to k- turn that thing all the way tight, it'll keep dripping. And so, when I think about sometimes our our focus gets kind of off track. It's kind of like that leaky faucet or the leaky spigot that we're not leaving it wide open, but it's dripping. And we need to, we need to tighten it up. We just need a half a turn to focus where we need to be. And I would also encourage you, if you are in the midst of some difficulties right now in this life, remember that whether it be your past sins haunting you, or maybe just stressors of this world, there's a future focus we have. There's a future hope that we have because of the work of God in our lives and the work that he's continuing to do in our lives. So think about your testimony. Understand every Christian has a story. Write it out. Don't be afraid to share it. And maybe even through the power of your personal testimony, God might use his story of your life to bring someone that you know to a saving relationship with Him. Wouldn't that be awesome? For that is truly pleasing to God. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Pleasing God Podcast. If you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. You can write at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3. This is the will of God, your sanctification.